The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, you see us. It's the world-famous Jonesy and Brown show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. But we got a special guest today, man. This man is a star. This man is a celebrity. This man is a long-time long time friend of the show. But look, man, you know, in the last couple of weeks, starting to see this man's hard work pay off. Starting to see him get a little bit of national shine. And couldn't be more proud of my brother. Mike Patton is here from the Touring the AFC South podcast. Good good NFL podcast, good sports podcast. You know, he talks about the AFC South, talks about the NFL, talks about a whole bunch of things, and we're glad that he was able to make some time to hang out with his boy Jonesy and Brown this week, man. Hey, I've always uh, got time for y'all, man. Oh, we appreciate, uh, we man, appreciate, appreciate that. It. We appreciate that. Hey, look, you are based in Tennessee. Yes, sir, in Nashville. Yeah, and you know is, what, let's just get right to it. Yeah, let's, 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 let's get right to it. Yes, <laughs> you're based in Tennessee. You're based in Nashville, home of the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans just gave us a gift in Philly. Gave us, you know, gave us something special in the form of AJ Brown, who we were able to, who the Eagles were able to acquire via trade this this is major you've covered him since he came into the league let let's let's start with the most important thing in your opinion what is the philadelphia eagles getting in this acquisition all right in this acquisition you know you're getting a guy that um competes every single play a guy that's going to run through the football doesn't matter if it's across the middle he he runs majority of his routes across the middle by the way um, a guy that's going to run through tackles, it's going to take a couple guys to tackle him more often than not. So that's the positive things about him. Uh, he definitely is going to bring a lot of spirit, a lot of energy, uh, and he can explode at a moment's notice. He could be quiet the entire game and then boom, hit you up like three, four catches like he did against the 49ers uh, here in uh, Nashville on Thursday night football. Um, he could do those type of things. So talk to me. Um, you're in Nashville. What are you hearing in Nashville that led to this deal going down? Like, what was going on between AJ Brown and the and the Tennessee Titans that they found it beneficial to part ways? Honestly, uh, just uh, the negotiation table. For those that don't know, AJ Brown's agent is the same agent as Debo Samuel. So you can only imagine how busy he is this offseason, as well as DK uh, Metcalf, too. But um, <clears throat> he came to the table. They they couldn't agree on the amount, and they just were apart on the amount. You know, some sides mm-hmm. say $16 million with the ability to make 20 Uh Some say they offered him 20 You know, so you're never going to get the full truth out of it. You're going to get the Titans side, you're going to get A.J. Brown side, and you're going to get the actual truth. From somebody or whatever it may be, you, you never, mm-hmm. you may never hear it, but they just couldn't come to grips uh, or agreement on the actual amount per year and the guaranteed money. Um, some people were trying to say eighty million guaranteed. I haven't seen that anywhere. 
So I don't believe that's true. Uh, but, you know, the average is $25 million a year. He gets $57 million guaranteed from the Eagles. And honestly, I just don't think the Titans have that money. With the money they have in Taylor Lewan, Ryan Tannehill, Bud Dupree, Kevin Byard. I mean, the list goes on. They just paid Harold Landry. And he took a lesser deal, actually, to come back, by the way. So they've got all these different things going on. I mean, I don't think they had the money. That's what it comes down to. Okay. And the Eagles uh, are the opposite are in a situation where they're likely to have a QB on his rookie deal for the next five to six years. So you'll figure that out when I tell you, when you do the math why I say that. But, oh, I understand completely. <laughs> so they're able to have a couple, how can you say it, luxury contracts right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely are. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think that they'll be in five years, in my opinion, but, you know, that's just, I'm just a man in Nashville removed from the Philadelphia Eagles, but um, I, I think that uh, Hurts will get it done, and I think the uh, relationship between A.J. Brown and Hurts is going to actually be uh, the thing that actually propels them, because they have that connection, and they actually work out mm-hmm. together. So that makes it a little bit different than, I would say, some of the other kind of relationships, I would say. And okay. it kind of puts it down where, you know, I don't know if you want me to break down how I think AJ could affect this team in terms of their offense. But oh, I please do. Yeah. Okay. As far as uh, AJ, AJ is going to be like a, a little bit of an Alshon Jeffrey type in terms of okay. he can go over the top of the defense, but he can also go over the middle and get those tough catches for first downs. I don't know if you watched, the, again, the 49ers game or it was a, it was a 49ers game or one game this past year. Uh, majority of his catches were all for first downs, literally every last one of them. So he can do those type of things. He's going to get you that first down and find a way to get it. He also can take short passes and take it to the house, which is different than Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey was a guy could you know go up and mosh you. He really couldn't outrun you, but he you know mm-hmm. go AJ high can make the ball. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, as far as what it does for the Eagles. He can, um, you know, Devontae Smith can take a top off the of defenses, which is, means it's going to be open season under the defense, under the uh, linebacker and, uh, you know, between the linebacker and the safety area. So that is where he's probably going to make most of his money. The question is, can Hurts get it to him at that point? And can uh, they cash in and make this thing click offensively? And uh, definitely the tight end will, will, will definitely reap the benefits of this. I think on the surface, it just seems like the Eagles are tr- – they are trying to at least eliminate the argument that if if the decision comes to move on from Jalen Hurts because the jury is still out. They're still trying to see what they have with him. But what you're not going to be able to say if you move on from him was, hey, he didn't have any weapons. He, You know, he was out there and he didn't have – X, Y, and Z. You know, we believe Devontae Smith is going to be is going oh, he's to a, be the he's, he's the number one. Yeah, he's a player. He's he's the number one wide receiver or AJ Brown one A, you know, number two quality veteran wide, you know, wide receiver. Goddard seems to be, you know, looks to be the truth. Still some questions of what they're going to do with their running game. But it seems like when going on paper going into this season, there's going to be a, Jalen Hurts has a squad in front of him. Mm-hmm. He has a team. 
Now, my my question to you, Mike, and I, I, I uh, Mike Pat, I got two guys named Mike on the show, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think like on on the surface, when you see a team kind of divorce itself from a high profile wide receiver, there's that stigma. You know, you, you, you there, there are going to be people who assume that you're dealing with a diva, you're dealing with a personality, or like like something happened off the field to kind of push this, uh, to, to push this move along. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm I'm asking you, how was AJ Brown like off the field? The per like I, I all I know is what I saw on the field from him. What is what type of person was he in the community? What type of uh, reputation did he have? Well, he didn't have a bad reputation, I'll tell you that. Uh, I mean, not necessarily a guy that you're going to see all over the community. That's Kevin Byard. That's the guy you're going to see all over the community for the Titans. But as far as uh, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown hey, interacts with the fans, always is there with the fans, is, does things for the fans. That's just who he was, who he is, and continues to be. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's a diva or anything like that because you never heard him complain about anything. Any uh, catches? He actually wanted Julio to come here because he was like, "Hey, it's best for the team. It could do this, it could do that." He's that type of guy. So, um, you know, I don't think you're getting a diva wide receiver from him. You're getting a guy that actually competes to win and wants to win ball games and wants to be the guy as well. Mm-hmm. What are the fans saying now? Now, now that he's gone, what are what is the attitude <laughs> of the the Tennessee fans? Now, this is a fun one. It depends on which Tennessee fans you ask. <laughs> now, as far as the Tennessee fans that are understand, there are uh, there's some fans. There's a group of fans that are mad at the Titans, saying you should have paid him, you should have cut Tannehill, you should have cut this, you should have mm-hmm. did this. But those folks don't understand that you know dead cap hits, the cap hits, the dead cap money, all those things. And also, if they sign AJ Brown and cut them and couldn't sign anybody else, you know Tannehill's you know not going to have anybody block it for him. So. No, they don't understand that portion of it. But you know, you have the other people that oh, he's just being greedy. He was just he just he's an I guy. He's a me guy. And you mm-hmm. know, those folks don't understand that you only have a chance maybe to make one big, you know, contract. Most guys have a chance to make one big contract, and then after mm-hmm. that, it's it's a whole bunch of downhill in terms of the contract. So you know, that, that's what you're basically getting. You're having people that are mad at the Titans, and you have people that are mad at AJ. And then you have other people that are right in the middle that understand, hey, it's a business. It's a business. So you have them literally, literally on on sports talk radio, you can hear everyone talking about all those three <laughs> different angles and viewpoints. And and quite honestly, uh, it, it's it's comedy to hear some talk about. It. <laughs> now, were you surprised? Uh, real quick, were you were you shocked when this happened? Honestly, I was. I was I was shocked when the trade happened. Uh, however, I, I talked to one of my contacts, and, and he said it was inevitable. Mm-hmm. So, I honestly, I should have seen it coming, but, you know, he, he was like, hey, you should have seen it coming. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it happens. They said it happened within the last 18 hours that he knew he was going to be traded or they knew they could pay him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm thinking they probably knew before then. If any of y'all saw Debo Samuels uh, live, you, you kind of heard that they were off on money. In that live that Debo Samuel. Mm. So, this offseason, the Eagles also, I guess, re signed another guy you're familiar with, the guy we've talked about <laughs> before. Um, Derek Barnett. 
what do you think <laughs> the chances of him actually figuring out what's going on in the NFL are? I don't know how much have you been paying attention to his pro career, but I paid attention. Mm-hmm. I actually actually got to uh, talk to him uh, when he was in the Super Bowl his rookie season. So I, I got to talk to him, and you know, him and my my nephew are actually they know each other and stuff. Okay. Like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, as far as uh, Derek Barnett, I mean, he's a guy that makes energy plays, energy in terms of effort. I mean, effort plays. You know, that basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did that in college. That was his thing. He had one move. He was gonna he was gonna use his effort to get around that corner. That move led to him being a great uh, sack artist in college, and you know beating Reggie White's sack record at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Then you come to the league. You think, hey, you know, you know, me thinking, hey, you get a few different uh, moves, a few different things. He's gonna you know continue to grow and get better. But what's happened is he's stuck on that one move. He hasn't developed any other moves. And when he does make things happen, it's usually in a bad way. So the thing I, I look at with him is, you know, he's got to look himself in the mirror and say, hey, I've got to do these things to get better. I've got to do these things to help the team cut down the penalties, be a contributor to this team. Or another option is what if they move him inside to be a rotation, uh, smaller tackle, maybe pass rushes. Another option there, but you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily like that option. Just throwing it out there, but yeah, you know, especially with Gannon, what like in the run this hybrid three four, and they've got they just brought in a guy like Jordan Davis to play the inside right. of that. I don't right, see right. I don't see much room for Barnett on the inside. You still got Cox and Hargrave and Milton Williams who you drafted last year. There's a, there's a lot of bodies on that defensive line. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, I can say that, um, you know, not necessarily him just being full-time in there, but kind of being kind it's of a rotation you know, around. A rotational piece. I, I don't mm-hmm. see him being a starter, but a rotational piece. And, I mean, this year is big for him. This year is. is big because it could be the end of his career in Philadelphia and potentially a a start of the ending of his career other places too, you know, if, if no one wants mm-hmm. to give him a chance to grow and get better. And, and 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 it's a shame because you're you're absolutely right, and there, it's a hard sell on fans right now because fan, fans are down on him. You know, it, it like oh, I know. You know <laughs> well, that's because you listen to yeah. us. I mean, we're down. I've heard others. Wow, you Trust. usually hear a lot of Howie Roseman bashing in Philly in the off season. Mm-hmm. This off season. The general consensus on every move how he's made has been good, mm-hmm. except the Derek Barnett signing. Like yeah. that one, people seem to be baffled. Mm-hmm. No, you're, and, you're absolutely right. That's the that's the deal. Like the thing with and it, it's, it's crazy about Howie Roseman because there's so it's been such a roller coaster ride, and people are so extreme in their views of him. And it's going up and down, up and down for like the past, you know, for the past 15 so years. This year, this this offseason, he is a genius. I'm not going to lie. Last offseason, I wanted him out. You know, I, I wanted him gone. You know, there, there's been other, you know, right at, when he dug his way out of the supply closet that Chip Kelly put him in, you know, he's like, hey, let's see what we have. Let, let's see what he can do. Then he, you know, 
two won years, a Super Bowl. He, got, he won a Super Bowl, and then he completely he, he took all that goodwill and just threw it right in the garbage. And right now he's back on top. And it's like I feel like like there have been people, there have been people who've had roller coaster careers through this city. But I feel like Howie Roseman, when it's all said and done, might have the most extreme roller coaster of any figure in Philly sports history because it's just up and it's down up and it's down right now we love Howie Roseman and people could still want to burn him at the stake by October <laughs> you know it, it, it does wow. let, 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 <laughs> let somebody you know let one of these rookies not pan out as you know let, <laughs> let one of these rookies be awful you know let you know so Derek Barnett comes out and has a, you know, if he just comes out and just shows no growth whatsoever, it it it, it will fall like a house of cards. That's true. You know, it, it, will. Oh. it will. Well, I'll, I'm going to say this, though. Mm-hmm. And I've been as harsh a Howie critic as anyone. This is Howie's first real extended stretch as a GL and the decision maker because there were interruptions before that like whether he was like he was working under Joe Banner or Andy Reid was here and had heavy input into what was going on then he got put in the closet for Chip Kelly and post Chip Kelly is the what are we in what year 5 6 now post Chip Kelly yeah I believe so about that. I believe this is year 6 yeah oh, is that so, close Wow, I it's thought it Super was that. I, I tried to forget it. <laughs> the Super Bowl was the 2017. For, for, first of all, the fact that first the fact that Mike Jones can come onto this podcast and actually say the name uh, Chip Kelly because the oh, name yeah. itself was banned from was the banned show for, for a long for time. Pop, this is episode 40. He probably wasn't able to say Chip Kelly to at least episode 32. You know, it, that's just how it was. He was officially known as the worst coach in NFL history. I wouldn't yeah. say his name. But since then, Howie, let, let's be honest, the Carson Wentz draft, that whole situation he was bashed for. But prior to the Wentz injury, we even looked at that as a home run. Mm-hmm. And then there's those couple years post-injury where – with a little bit of hindsight, we're able to see how much of a contribution to those issues Wentz was making. And combined with the moves Howie's had to make to clean it up and then retool since, I'm honestly kind of growing. Howie's growing on me. I'm growing an appreciation for the work of Howie Rose. He's definitely gotten better. I think one of the things I I, I noticed about Howie what, and his drafts were you can see the, a little bit of the shift in his philosophy. Mm-hmm. He, learned Howie, that, he learned something from Jalen Rager. Yeah. Uh, he definitely well, learned something, from, he learned something man, from that pick. I'm surprised that name is not banned on this show. He's, he's still on the <laughs> roster. He's, he's still on the roster. But he's he, still on the it, roster. It's, it's, but, it's, it's but, getting... It's getting but close. the but the glaringness of the mistake with not just other receivers going after, but Jefferson going immediately after, mm-hmm. and Minnesota's reaction on draft day where they're just going crazy when they realize 
Jefferson's going to be on the board for them, and then how he's left to face with why. His one issue, we always, always say he wanted to be the smartest guy in the room, and he used to mm-hmm. outthink, outthink himself. He, do, he doesn't seem to be doing that anymore. I, I think also how he prided himself on being able to find those diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. He found he found those guys at the small schools or at the small you know the the smaller schools or the not necessarily football powerhouses. But yeah, that's cool on day. To, that's cool on day yeah. three. Yeah. I don't want that no, on day one. one. No, <laughs> and, but but that was that was part of the problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's like where where that was part of the back and forth with Howie. Whereas you're looking at the back of his draft. And there are people at the back of his draft that are panning out to be good players. But then you look at the top of the draft mm-hmm. and you just, you want to throw up. <laughs> but I feel like, like what, what I'm watching the draft and I'm watching a, a, a change in philosophy where now he's, he's going towards, this is the second draft where he's going towards more of those football powerhouses. You know, last year went out and got the Heisman Trophy winner. Went to Alabama, got got, got, a player got two from, guys from Alabama, two guys from Alabama, mm-hmm. and honestly, this- two first round talents from Alabama. Mm-hmm. One of them had some injury concerns, but he's panning out so far. Mm-hmm. And he kind of took what, the same approach this year. Took Georgia. The same, yeah, took two yes. took two players for the national championship for the national championship. And you want to win, you go to the SEC. That's yes. how you win exactly. in the NFL. Yes. You get SEC definitely. players. Definitely, definitely. It's like stop trying to find the diamond in the rough and just go get yourself a couple diamonds. Yep. You know, that that's that's you know, you're there, the, the players are there. Now I, I will say this, you know, and, and Jonesy and I we talked about it uh over the week, you know, over the weekend, like I was re- had we not gotten uh, Dean, had we not gotten the Kobe Dean, I probably would have came on this podcast just killing Howie. And, <laughs> and Howie proved why he gets paid millions of dollars to bring in draft picks, and I do podcasts for free because I'm sitting there like, all right, you need to get this guy in the second round. Lo and behold, he's there in the third. I'm like, all right, Howie, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you to it. There's a little bit of an issue there with with, with Dean, but you know, I don't I don't necessarily think it's, it's something that is to throw him away. Because I mean, honestly, he's a shorter linebacker, but he thinks the game, so that mm-hmm. makes up for his lack of speed, and also the the injury concerns with him mm-hmm. as well. But I mean, I think eventually, Nicobe Dean, healthy, yeah, he's going to end up being a starter in that defense eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way you can keep him on the bench. Now, see, uh, now what, I don't generally like to do things like gloat or say I was right or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, JB will tell you that I've been advocating a specific plan of like, game plan, plan of attack for the Eagles front office since midway through the regular season, you know, and it almost feels like they followed that blueprint to the to the T. Like, I really love what the Eagles have done as a team this offseason. From the outside looking in, what do you think the perspective of the Eagles offseason has been out around the league? Pretty quiet, except for the tra- the trade. 
Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. You know, they, they still wonder about the safety position, you know, because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they still wonder about that. And, uh, but other than that, they're like, eh, it's been pretty quiet. You know, I moved there. Hmm, a little side, a little slide move there, this move there. Oh, that big move with AJ. Ooh, you know, that's when everybody's mm -hmm. eyes got wide open at that point. But other than that, it's been uh, pretty quiet and uh, chill talk about the Eagles, to be honest. You know, a lot of folks were probably waiting until the draft kind of thinking of yeah they're, they're they're probably leaning towards the draft they're not really going to do a ton in free agency that's what a lot of you know a lot of talk was about the eagles yeah you mentioned the safety position there i i was trying to hope be hopeful that they might get something done with the honey badger he ends up back at home with the saints you know away from our squad for a second <laughs> How impactful do you think he could be going home? Like, I get the, got the impression they didn't really need him as much as some other teams might have. Well, I'll say this. They they definitely didn't necessarily need him, need him, but they it doesn't hurt to have him, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, uh, uh, with Dennis Allen, he employed three safeties at one time, playing on the field at the same time. So – it isn't like he's going to be sitting on the sideline or somebody's going to be sitting on the sideline. One of those safeties can actually play the slot. I think is uh, I think Gardner Johnson. He can actually mm -hmm. play the slot. So um, he's going to be on the field. He's going to make their defense smarter and better, even smarter and better than they were last year, which I know that, that made, amazed some folks. But, yeah, he can do that. Um, but, you know, it just he's going to make a difference on that defense. He's not going to make them take them over the top great, but he's still going to be able to make some things happen for them. And, the biggest thing I think he could help them with is getting turnovers because he can always put people in position to make plays and point out, hey, this is where this this combination is coming. They're going to do this off of that. He just has that type of mind, like he's an offensive coordinator playing defense. Okay. So, all, all in all, at this point right now, like I said, your, your specialty is the a AFC South, but you're, you know, you watch and you follow the whole NFL. Right now, who do you think is positioning? Who who do you think is positioning themselves to have made a a, a big step up? Who's had one of the be the better off seasons? Who do you think is kind of uh, moving towards starting the season successfully? Well, we can take out the Washington Commanders because they got Carson Wentz a quarterback, so that ain't going to happen. Wow! But uh, you know, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. That was a low it's, it's, it's all good, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can take them out. Uh, the Cowboys will still be there. However, I will say losing Randy Gregory and depending on a rookie to take his place is not necessarily the greatest thing. Mm -hmm. So they might have taken a little bit of a step back there. Um, it's, of course, you know, don't have Amari Cooper there, which, you know, I call him, uh, you know, I, honestly, I, I'm not that big on him. I call him the disappearing man. But, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, he still did something for that team. Uh, so they took a step back as well. Uh, the Rams, the Rams are still the Rams, and they got Allen Robinson now, and more than likely OBJ is going to come back to them. So they're still at the top of the NFC. I can't put Green Bay there because Green Bay, mm, nah, they don't have anybody. Who's catching the ball? Unless it's the guy number 52 from uh, above the rim that threw the long pass to himself and dunked it. I don't <laughs> think it, nah, we ain't, nah. You but, dating uh, yourself it, with that one, though. I yeah, like I it, though. It's a I good know. reference. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I see the Rams right now 
the Bucks are still there. Mm-hmm. And right now, everyone is, I think, is chasing those two, to be honest. All right. I hear you. Now, with with the departure of A.J. Brown, what's happening to your hometown team? They won the division last year. What happens mm-hmm. to that AFC South with, with you know, with, what's going on in Tennessee right now? I'll say I'll tell you this. Um, them and the, the, the Titans and the Colts actually mirror each other. Both have a strong running game. Both have questions in the, in the passing game and both have a stout defense. The only difference is, I would say that well, they both make it. They both do get, you know, turnovers. But anyway, um, yeah, they uh, that's the that's the biggest thing. They still mirror each other now, because if you look at the Colts, a lot of people when AJ Brown got traded, oh, the Colts going to win the division, but did they forget that besides Michael Pittman Jr. and besides their running back JT Jonathan Taylor, who what playmakers do they have at the wide receiver position? They don't have anybody there outside of Michael Pittman Jr. They say T.Y. Hilton, but T.Y. Hilton is not the same T.Y. he once was. Mm-hmm. Then you have Naheem Hines, who is a running back for a backup running back for the Colts, who can play wide receiver. He actually played wide receiver most of his time at NC State in college. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to be swing the you know pendulum one way or the other. So honestly, looking at it, I mean, you know, it depends on what kind of quarterback play you get. Who wins that division? Right now, you have to say Matt Ryan's better than Ryan Tannehill, but then again, you never and, know. And I was just going to ask, how much do you think Matt Ryan has left? I personally am on the side leading towards he's shot closer to he's got a nice run left in him. So where, where do you fall on that side of the debate? Uh, I think he's got maybe one more in him. One more. But honestly – He's he's got more energy. He's got more in him than than um, than Philip Rivers did. Okay. Philip Rivers was done by the time he got to Indianapolis, and you saw it. Because I mean, look, any quarterback that has to come out when they have to throw hail marys and they have to bring Jacoby Brissett in to throw the football is done. Mm-hmm. Just, there's there's just no doubt about it. But you know, I, I think Matt Ryan still has some left in him. I just uh, if I were the Colts, I would have wished they'd have got more weapons. Now, if I'm the Colts right now. I'm trying to get Jarvis Landry to come to my team ASAP. Now, on the flip side of that, I believe the Titans are probably trying to get him to come to here, Nashville, ASAP. Now, you add him in the woods and Traylon Burks, and you have a pretty comparable wide receiver core that could, could do some things. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, right now I, I couldn't decide between the – one day I may say the Colts, one day I may say the Titans would actually win this division – you just can't really pick between the two because they mirror each other so much. That's what people don't understand. Those two teams mirror each other very much. The only difference I would say, the biggest difference I would say, besides players, is Mike Rabel's a better coach. That's all I can give you. But, you know, also I'll say this. If I'll, I'll say this, and I'm, I'm, people are going to think I'm crazy. When it comes to Jacksonville, they have pieces but the, the, the key thing there is if they're going to shock people this year is that they can come together. They can come together as a team. They might shock some people this year. Shock some people as in win the division? Because we're, we're talking we're, we're talking Doug Peterson now. We're, right. we're talking a, a guy we mm-hmm. know well in this city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you talking shock them as in win the division, be a contender, or shock somebody and saying, hey, they're not going to lose uh, 14 games next season. 
No, what I'm saying is, is they they could potentially have a shot to make the playoffs in the AFC. Okay, there is now, the extra I'll, playoff I'll, team. Yes, mm-hmm. this is, but I'm like this though. It, hold on, I I, I mm-hmm. see your face over there, JB. I see your face. But here, here's what I'm gonna say. It's got to be a perfect storm of things. That's why I said it's it, mm-hmm. it, it's not something that you know everything has to come together. Like uh, the rookie Trayvon Walker has to show up and be mm-hmm. the uh, the Alden Smith clone that Trent Baalke thinks he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent uh, Trevor Lawrence has to actually play solid football and be the guy that they thought he was a quarterback. You have to have your running backs healthy. Your wide receivers actually have to show up like. Uh, Zay Jones and mm-hmm. Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk, who you know absurdly reset the, the wide receiver market. By the way, um, he has to show up too. And defensively, they still are. Uh, to me, I know they brought in the guy to play defensive tackle, but I still compare them to uh, a, a Krispy Kreme or a Dunkin' Donuts donut. They're all solid on the outside, cornerbacks, you know, linebackers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. When it comes to the middle. There's nothing there because they got ran on all the time last year. Mm. I mean, until they show me, I will not believe mm. they can stop the run. Um, I was ready for Doug Peterson to go. I didn't necessarily hate him, <laughs> but I I felt like a, a, a change needed to be made. I don't know what is going to happen with this Eagle squad, but all I know is <clears throat> if this team for some reason struggles at any point, and you're down there looking at Doug Peterson flourishing <laughs> in Jacksonville, and it for whatever reason, and it could be for exactly what you said a perfect storm, you know, everything that could go right has gone right. They stay injury free, Trevor Lawrence turns a corner, you know, defense shores up, they overachieve, whatever. It doesn't matter. If for whatever reason the Eagles are struggling and Jacksonville is doing good, it's just going. It's just going to be a miserable day to read papers, to be on social media, to listen to the radio. Is going to you are going to hear classic traditional this, and gloom. This is we we disagree again. I, I'm I think we're I think we're past Doug Peterson. No. If, if it's Never Carson, pa- it's, it, it, Doug, Dougie P wasn't really the bad guy in this situation. He just got caught in a in a storm of things. Like if it's Car, if it's Carson succeeding in Washington, there's going to be vitriol. Dougie P having a decent time as long as it's not against us. I think half the people will kind of almost hope he does well. And y'all played them this year too, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say that this, this Jonesy, I, I disagree with you on, on this point. Now, if I, I feel like there's more vitriol for Carson because of the way it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, Carson is kind. Carson is, is like Ben Simmons light in this in, in this city, whereas <laughs> you know it 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 wasn't as ugly. Like like at least Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz didn't like didn't hold out or whatever, but he he did say I want out, I want to change or whatever. So that turned a lot of fans against him. You know, right or wrong, fair or foul, they pushed Doug Peterson out. Mm-hmm. So if Doug yeah. Peterson goes down, and Doug and Doug sat out last season. So if Doug comes back after sitting out and his first coaching job after being pushed out, 
succeeds mm-hmm. and we fail, then I think there'll be vitriol. Carson, if he succeeds, there'll still be people like, man, Carson can go to hell because he gave up on this city. You know, what, you know, whatever, whatever. I hate him. He didn't want to be here. You know, I, I, I people, I think there'll be more people willing to resent Carson's success than resent Doug Peterson's success. If Doug, if Doug succeeds, they're going to resent the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll be mad at this team. Like, why did you get rid of him? Carson succeeds, whatever. I hate that guy. Plus, exactly. it's, with, plus it's with the commanders. You know, exactly. I, I got I to say this, though. Hey, you know, who knows? He could have success. You know, nobody thought spraining your, both your ankles in one game could happen either. I, well, <laughs> that, that is true. That is, yeah. That, <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> he did sprain both ankles in one game, which which is a di- which is a feat in its own right. But at this point, <laughs> you can't count on that guy to to get you through seventeen games. Yeah, that, that, that is true. You, you just can't depend on that. And even though he got through the season with the Colts fairly healthy last year. There were mental breakdowns as well, where especially post-injury, you see Wentz getting into habits of wanting to play hero ball, where he doesn't know the play is dead, throw it away, throw it into the dirt, move on to the next play. He feels like, and you can see it in those plays he tries to make and the results that Mm -hmm. he gets on some of those plays, like, he just feels like he has to get it all right now, mm-hmm. and that's yep. not how you. That's not how you win in the NFL. That's what he thinks he is, though. He thinks he is the the the, the NFL version of a cowboy mm-hmm. in the wild like, wild west. You watch Tom Brady or Peyton Manning take when that defender gets loose. You'll see them just crumble up and go down, mm-hmm. and live to the next play. <laughs> And those right. guys protected their bodies and played for long times and had lots of success. Right. Wentz doesn't seem to get that concept. Nope. It, no, it was he, a, I don't think he ever will. I don't think he ever will, to be honest. It was a level of grit I appreciated in his first and second. Like, look at this guy's toughness. He's he's never going to give up on a play. And now, you know. But that came that, with the assumption that a first or second year guy would learn. Too. Yeah, yes. No, you're you're right. You're right, right. about that. Because now you see it and you're just like, bruh. Just stop it. You're, you're, just, <laughs> you throw the ball away. You, that's mm-hmm. how you watch. And and the thing about it is, you know, we talk about Carson possibly having some success. He goes down to he goes to Washington. And that whole organization just seems in that. You know, and, and it's space station will be falling apart again this year. I, I, I just I, I don't get it with them. You know, literally, literally yeah. will be falling apart as in yeah. pieces of the stadium falling while you're playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Washington makes me feel old <laughs> because it's not like like once a when when. The, when Veterans Stadium, like here in Philly, when Veterans Stadium was real, really started to fall apart, and it was a need for a new stadium. The mm-hmm. vet was there when I was born, so it was like you know, it was all I know. So mm-hmm. you know, it just seemed like it. Whereas, although 
you know, FedEx, whatever they call it now, you know, I remember that whole, the whole lifetime of mm-hmm. that stadium. So now that it's old, you know, people consider it old and out of date and decrepit. It's like, I remember when that opened and it looked half decent other than the fact that it's in the, it's in the absolute middle of nowhere. There's nothing around that stadium. It's, it's in Landover. It's it. <laughs> you you'll you go to Maryland. You'll spend ninety percent of your time. Where is Landover? It's that you know, Landover I, I, there. I, it, it's yeah, <laughs> it's over there. It's that way. There's nothing around. <laughs> There's no place to go. And it's just you know you, you've just sat. You know how many more blocks are they going to build up there with the little FedEx I mean, thing to take out seats? I mean, let's put this in, put this in for some perspective, though, JB. The link will be twenty years old next year. Yeah. And in stadium years, tw- at this point, twenty is getting up there. Yeah. FedEx Field Indeed. was built before the link. Mm-hmm. No, you, no, you, that's what I'm not. And, and I think they like the the link has aged well. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't foresee you know. A I mean, we were just for, talking about remember when the vet was falling apart. Yeah, the, the lake yeah. is twenty years old. Mm-hmm. No, that right. stadium here in Nashville is uh is what twenty twenty two twenty three, and they're already uh there's already talk about a new stadium here. They're already uh, the governor is earmarked uh, said he would earmark five hundred million for the stadium to actually uh, you know to basically he he wants it but he on the condition that it has a roof over it because he's okay. thinking about the Super Bowl. Mike, how old were you when the Titans came to town? Man, I was a, uh, I think I was a senior in high school. Senior, wow. the senior in high school. Then when they made the Super Bowl run, yeah, mm-hmm. I was a senior in high school. Yep. Oh wow. <laughs> the good old days. The good, the, the good old day. Man, I was a senior in high school. I'm pretty sure I was out of college. Might have even been married to my wife at that point. I, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I still remember the feeling of that too when they when they were going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Literally, everybody was talking about man, man, you want to watch the Titans game? People was having Super Bowl parties. People was having yeah. AFC Championship parties. Then you had um, what was the other one? Oh, oh, then they're the only team I know. Now, this is a piece of history for, for mm-hmm. NFL history. That's a little bit of NFL history. The only team I know. That has a Super Bowl parade and lost the Super Bowl. Yes, they had a Super Bowl they, parade. They gave y'all the Super honoring Bowl. the team. Basically, when they it, it literally it was it, everybody was riding around in the car. People, fans were out there. They were trying to show their appreciation for the team because the team had just got here. At that point, so they were trying mm-hmm. to show the team, hey. We believe in you. We love you. This, 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 and this. And Eddie George and Steve McNair and all of them are riding around in cars. Yeah, it was literally a parade. I'm, yeah. You know what? I I get I, I get the I, city trying to show love. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but, but celebrating a, a Super Bowl loss almost feels like when the Minnesota Timberwolves celebrated beating the Clippers in a play-in game. And then oh proceeded to—that's you know, like I—I <laughs> I, I get you're excited about how things went, but you, like we yeah. have to keep that butt on there. Like I, there's I, I talked with 
I talked with uh, I talked with Mike Hill about that one because he was actually uh-huh. here at that point in time covering, mm-hmm. you know, working for Channel Two at that point, was which is ABC here. But uh-huh. yeah, he was actually I talked to him about that one, man. He he actually was going down the memories of what all was going on. He was actually on the street giving you the reports and who's coming by and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Funny, I, I I I am willing to give Nashville a pass. Because they hadn't had football for for a while yet, they they weren't mm-hmm. ready. Now you go to a uh, you know you go to an NFL lifers like that would not happen here. Now we have football, we, 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 but well, I'm, I'm just <laughs> we, saying we, we had bad college football here in terms mm-hmm. of Vanderbilt. Yeah, but right. I, mean, that's, no, that's I understand, but, but you know, <laughs> but but but. But the NFL, I'm I'm just, I'm just talking. Yeah, NFL. just gotten the pro team was new just, to the city. Yeah, right. So, so it's excusable, but don't let it happen. Now. <laughs> if that happened yeah. now, I think people would. Uh, I think people in the city would be losing their minds. If really, are we doing this? Is this really what we're doing? <laughs> like, like me, me and Jonesy, like we joked around a couple years ago. Uh, Philly had a, a, a team. Philly, the city of Philadelphia had a team in the Little League World Series, and they lost before the championship game. And the mayor just wanted to say, "Hey, you know these are these are you know these are kids from the city. We know they didn't win, but we want to give them a parade anyway. You know, we're going to give them a we're going to give them a championship parade. And these kids, little kids." People lost their minds. Why are we celebrating losers? Yeah. <laughs> you don't give I'm losers. Not, they're like these are kids. These, like, I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I, my I, whole I cake celebrating was, the house. I don't give out participation trophies. I, my, my whole thing was these are kids. Mm-hmm. You, you and know, kids don't I, get participation trophies either. I I, I get it. But I'm I'm saying if had this been you know what that leads to Ben Simmons, that leads to Ben Simmons. Wow, it's gonna be. Ben <laughs> I can't even touch that. One. It was kids. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're not talking. We're not talking the '09 Phillies. The '09, not the '08 World Championship Phillies. You know who got told they could be celebrated Phillies. without winning anything as a kid? Ben Ooh. Simmons was told that. <laughs> Oh boy! It's gotta be Ben Simmons. <laughs> These are little kids. I, no, I, this is what this behavior leads to. That's what that's what it leads to. I love the kids. I don't want this to happen to the kids. So we can't give them participation trophies. Well, as you you see, well, that that's my point. You see how Jonesy feels about this, and these were little kids. Mm-hmm. We gave little kids a parade, and they were just like, "No, they lost. We don't need to give losers in a parade." Let them. <laughs> they said exactly what you said, Mike. They let them celebrate at home. Take their little free T-shirts and their, mm-hmm. and their free cleats <laughs> and go home. Why is taxpayer money going on celebrating these losers? And I'm just like, why, why are you talking about kids that way? But the point is, that would never. If we lost our mind with a little league team, getting yeah. a, getting a, a a parade when they lost, my, you know what they would call a, a a parade for the Eagles if they lost? They'd call it a riot. They, that's what they would call it. They would call the national the National Guard. They they might even they, they might not even call the National Guard. They would just call the army. It, it would just it, it'd be ugly. Philly ain't getting. 
not the Eagles, uh, not the Sixers, yeah. not the Phillies, not the Union, <laughs> not you know nobody. But it, it wow. But it, it, you know, it, it, it's it, it is what it is. Brother, tell us about your, your your podcast. Tell us what's going on on the touring the AFC <laughs> South podcast, bro. Well, just uh, continuing to bring guests in. Let's see, I've got uh, Freddie Coleman coming. I've got somebody you both know, Ashley Baker, coming on. The hell you soon. need to talk to her for? It ain't cowboy <laughs> season. Hey, you it's want Mother's to talk Day to her coming about? up. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, Mother's Day coming up, man. Come that, on that, now. Oh, you, you know, you're right. See, why you got to play that <laughs> card now? Todd Brown on the podcast, are they talking about mothers? No, <laughs> no that's, not, that's not what I mean. All right, you got Freddie. You got Freddie Coleman coming up. You got Ashley coming up. What else? You what else you working on, man? Ah, uh, see, well, just trying to get a few writing uh, things out. You know, still uh, writing with the, the Nashville Voice. It isn't all sports, but hey, it's some. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit of Tennessee Tribune and a few other things that aren't quite ready to come out just yet. But mm-hmm. I'll let you know when they hit. When they hit, absolutely, we'll be waiting for those. All right. Oh, can I also say one other thing? Of course. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked about the good things about AJ Brown, but I, I didn't. I left out one minor detail about him. Oh, oh what you got? That would be the, the the one word that begins with an I that no fan wants to hear. Injuries. Mm. <laughs> if you, you know this, uh, sneak this in at the end. What? <laughs> I could. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't give you half the picture. I had to give you the full picture of what you were getting. But, uh, you know, as far as the injuries, uh, you know, with him, you know, he did have a little minor procedure on his, I think, his knees uh, before last year. Mm-hmm. And he did go in and out of a few games last year as well and miss mm-hmm. a few games, I think, with a, a chest injury. So, I think he missed, what, four games last year? Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's on IR. He's on IR. Yeah, so he's uh, – He's a guy that plays hard, but you do have to watch the little nicks and bruises and see if he, you know, misses games. I will tell you that. So I'll say of the 17 games, you'll probably get at least 14, maybe 15 games. At okay. the, at, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, he's a young he's guy, a- 24, be 25 in next month, I believe, in June. So let, yeah. let's hope that young young body can hold up. Mm-hmm. I just had to give you the full picture. I didn't feel right not giving you all oh, the great I, stuff and not giving you – I got to give you the positives and the negatives now. I appreciate it. That's, I, I'm here for truth. Right. I'm, I'm not here for well, truth. I got another one, but <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Truth is overrated. I got another one, I, I, I leave it alone, though. Oh, hey, you put it out there now. Wait. <laughs> well, every now and then he does have a little case of the drops. He's the, what wide receiver does it? Just a little bit every now and then. We just can't have those things. But yeah, hey, I'll, I'll say this though. But I am saying AJ Brown is an excellent wide receiver. He is an excellent wide receiver. He goes over the middle. He makes tough catches, extends plays, can take the small catch and make it a big catch, and can also run deep routes as well. Which he'll get more of the opportunity probably to run with Philadelphia as he did that he didn't have in Tennessee. He didn't run those routes very much. He literally ran like maybe a few routes, but he'll get to span that route tree. In Philadelphia. Should I clean that up there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if this doesn't work, we're bringing Mike Patton back onto this show so we can roast him. For this is going to be all. I'm going to put this on you. If this doesn't he, work, I think you I'm heard JD's feelings. 
Oh, you already hurt my feelings. We spent 17 <laughs> minutes talking about how good this is going to be and the player he's going to be. I asked him, hey, who are we going to get when we get my I, – I literally asked him. <laughs> he waits to the last three minutes of the show to be like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but um, I know, but – Oh, bro, you Just like I caught in the moment, just a little bit, man. He's a writer. It had to be a twist at the end. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it's all right, but we, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. Always Absolutely. a pleasure. And as always, you know you got an open invitation to come on our show, brother. Yeah, well, man, hey, thanks. Anytime, man. Uh, yeah, have fun. Always fun. Always fun. Uh, always a pleasure. Always Thank you, Mike. Talk to you. Appreciate you, good brother. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Patton, man. Our good, our good friend Mike Patton. Waited Always got the good stuff. Always got some good stuff for us. But then he just wasted a very end to drop that bomb on us. Well, you know, would you, you know rather he said it at the beginning of the show and you spent yeah. the whole time with your feelings hurt? Yeah. No, no, no. You set you you set the bar low and then you work your way back up. So you you know you end on a good note. You let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BIPW Sports and at Jonesy and Brown. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Best in the World Sports. Once again, thank you to our guest, Mike Patton of the Touring the AFC South podcast. Make sure you check him out on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. He's all over the place. Check him out. Just search for him. He's there. You'll see it. That is Mike Jones. I am John Browse. Enjoy sports. Enjoy whatever you got going on. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. Hopefully we'll enjoy something. Some part of that. We'll talk to you guys next time. Jonesy and Brown, we out of here. Peace, y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports. Or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.